The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With Pat. Uh, and people want to hate on him, but like, Matt Ryan was a generational talent. Like, say what you want. Oh, oh. The biggest comeback in Super Bowl history away from being Super Bowl champion, Matt Ryan, too. Rando. Hey, Pat, would you say Drew Brees or Matt Ryan is generational? Both. Both have MVPs. And John. Pat, I have a question right. for you. Is Cam Newton a generational talent? I mean, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yes. No. Say this. Joe Flacco not. has a Super Joe Bowl Flacco. MVP. Look at the stats, dog. Look he has a Super Bowl look, MVP. Look, look at the, the stats. Your argument said that Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, and then people I were like, Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco elite. On Buffalo Rumblings. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando and uh, Brandon's cat, Tony. You yeah, can find he's... us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. <laughs> Part of the Buffalo Rumblings Network. How you boys doing? How's uh how's Tony holding up? I think that means he's doing all right. He hasn't bit me yet. Right, buddy? Good boy. No, he's good. I moved the air condition unit from my living room to my bedroom, and I think he loves it. He's just been laying on my bed, just sprawled out, like with the breeze blowing on his belly. So I'm sure yeah. he's having a good time over there. <laughs> Pat, how you doing? Got the uh, MCC sweatshirt rocking over there. Yeah. You know, living the dream. I had a crier today. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. Honestly, I was. I was a little dumbfounded. I was like, um, I can get you in the class, but I can't stop you crying. Like, so hopefully, no crying on this episode, or I will be baffled and not know what to do, and probably just give in to whatever demand you have until you stop crying. So, you know, it's tough, Pat, because you you get it. You've worked with children before, but I heard this joke once, and it would never work with adults, but it works with five year olds. And I say, knock knock. You say, who's there? Who's there? I say, boo. Who? Oh, boo-hoo. Why are you crying? Oh, don't cry. It's okay. And then they look at me and they're like, oh, you're really weird, Mr. H. And I'm like, yeah, but you stopped crying. So but, uh, We got an interesting topic today. This one was sent to us by a listener. So appreciate the, uh, the feedback. If anyone else has any topics that they want to send us or anything that they want us to talk about, you guys can DM us or tweet at us on Twitter or our email is notanotherbillspodcast at gmail.com. Not, you can even write us a handwritten letter if you want. Yes. yes. And, uh, you know, Brandon's address will be posted in the comments here. <laughs> yes. As well as his social security number. 
bank routing information. They will get you nowhere, I promise. <laughs> yes, I feel promise. free to call the SWAT team if, to that address. If you want to rip off a 444 credit score. And <laughs> hey, it's not, that low. it's not that low. I know, I know. I'm above 500. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, so this topic was sent in uh, by a listener. Uh, what could possibly prevent the Bills from winning a Super Bowl this year? And us as perpetual homers and perpetual optimists that the drought turned us into. I feel like we feel this way all the time, especially looking at this team on paper who supposedly fixed every single flaw that they had and, you know, upgraded to a Hall of Fame pass rusher uh, in a pass rush that wasn't, you know, stellar last year. You know, their offensive line filled in some holes. They got some, uh, they got Ryan Bates coming back at guard. You know, the offensive line was bad at times, but Ryan Bates seemed to solidify it. You know, had a couple of really good free agent signings, had a great draft, have now have an athletic cornerback too. So let me just ask you guys what, so this is also disregarding injuries because that's the obvious answer, right? We'd be yeah. like, okay, you know what? Not even going to say it, but the person who plays quarterback and wears number 17 goes down. That could screw the season up. But I knocked on wood. Barring tons of injuries to half the starters on the team, what prevents this team from winning the Super Bowl? I'm going to say, because I think it was the exact same thing last year, and it's coaching. Um, Because when you look at our season last year, we lost a few guys. We lost Brian Dable, obviously. We lost uh, Bobby Johnson. Um, and I'm few, I'm sure we lost a few other position coaches. I couldn't tell you all of them off of the top of my head. Um, with special teams, we lose our special teams. I think teams the coach. linebackers coach retired and his son is taking over if I'm not. And, and oh, Babich, uh, the safeties coach, yeah, too. yeah, secondaries coach. Yeah. But when you look at what we did last year, it's interesting because there's plays where Ken Dorsey, this is exciting because I think Ken Dorsey could push us the right way where I'm sure if he's sitting there. Right. We, we always wonder how the coaching sequence of pyramid works. Like Brian Abel runs three stretch plays against Kansas city to start the game when uh, Tyron Matthews hurt and Ken Dorsey's probably like, you know, I'd probably do something a little different here. Maybe attack the safety that's hurt or, you know, run some crazy pass protection. And th- it took him all season long to find an offensive line that clicked the right way with Bobby Johnson. And the other thing that was interesting you know, when you look at two years ago, how many trick plays we hit that were successful and how many failed for us last year. Um, but this is the year that Josh's training wheels. He doesn't have any. He's on the motorbike. He, he's past the Vespa stage. He's got a Harley. He's calling the shots. Like when you look at Jim Kelly's career, too, at this point, he's calling the plays. Um well, and, we just talked about uh, Ben Roethlisberger last week on the show, so maybe Josh oh, should yeah. stay away from motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, fair. Right. Well, he's on his cow then. Whatever, whatever he yeah. would prefer <laughs> on a horse, like at Oliver. Is that the natural progression? Like no motorcycles, <laughs> just cows. Yeehaw, farmer. <laughs> or a gigantic pistachio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you look at the offense as a whole, with Joe Brady coming in to replace. Ken Dorsey and Ken Dorsey replacing Brian Dable. I think that's an improvement, honestly, as much as I like Dable. But I think Brian Dable probably ruffled a little bit of feathers, even with McDermott, probably with Dorsey. Because it's interesting. You you brainstorm ideas, and the whole purpose of a brainstorm is to not be judging. But like, if you're Josh Allen and you're handing the ball off on second and 10, and uh, you know your offensive line has not had a consistent starting five, and 
your philosophies, your coach is defensive, but your offense wants to throw it the most. And then the whole thing with McDermott and the whole botched special teams, 13 seconds. And that kept us from the Super Bowl. It's plain as day. The coaching kept us from the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah. I think one thing that, sorry, before you get too far after that, I don't mean to cut you off, but one thing I wanted to like kind of speculate on because we really don't know the definite answer to this, but the question is out there and we're going to find out because we're isolating the variable this year with a new offensive coordinator. Was that run heavy stuff? Was that because that's what McDermott pushed for or was that Brian Dable? Because Brian Dable in a lot of ways has been very pass heavy. I mean, there's, there's, you know, we can point to sequences and I can't name exact games off the top of my head where, you know, they come out of the gate throwing 13 passes straight, you know, and that's, that sounds like Brian Dable's plan, like game plan to me. And there were reports of friction between the two of them, you know, whether they were credible or not, I don't know, like friction at different times last season because McDermott wanted to run more and Brian Dable realized, you know, he's like, that's not our strength and stuff like that. So I don't know how much of that will carry over to Ken Dorsey. You know, I I guess if we're talking about things that I'd be worried about, maybe he doesn't stand up to McDermott as well as Brian Dable did when it comes to finding that balance. And I can only hope that McDermott is a smart enough guy and has enough of a growth mindset to realize that, hey, like our offense actually hurt us in the Kansas City game. There was a lot of three and outs that were could have been promising drives against a Kansas City defense that couldn't stop them for anything. The only thing that stopped them was themselves when they ran it three times straight and, you know, punted it at midfield, you know, multiple times during that game. So. Well, John, what do you think? Because I think he looks more like a CEO kind of guy. He's not the guy that's like micromanaging. But, but I feel like all CEOs micromanage, though. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It, it's an interesting question. So maybe if they run more effectively, he won't push for it as much. But I don't know. I mean, I, he might be the kind of guy who, you know, if they have an effective run game, he might be more inclined to be like, OK, we need to do this more. And, you know, have Josh dropping back less times. I don't know. The other part about it is, is like, why can't we run a screen pass successfully, consistently? Aaron Cromer might be more instrumental in setting up an effective screen game with with the offensive line. Because that was a weakness of the Bills offense. Like, they did not have a screen game. Kansas City has an amazing screen game. They've got all this stuff that they set up. They get fast guys in space, and it wasn't just Tyreek Hill. If the Bills can do that, I'd be excited. So, again, and that that all points to last year being, or this year being better than last year. But yeah, no, you're totally right. Like the reason why we, why we didn't make the Super Bowl last year was coaching. So was there, was there something else that you were getting to Brandon before I cut you off? Like 10 no, minutes it's ago, just, sorry. It's these little things because the little details are what's going to make the difference, right? If, if the, the O-line can be consistent from day one, if they can find the group that they need to be the best around Josh to get the, the passing blocking was good last year. It was decent. It was like middle of the little pack. But it's that run blocking. Are you going to run a zone scheme? Are you going to run a like? Are these O line getting out? Are they zone blocking? You know, it depends. They've they've changed it a couple times. Like a good offense will probably have a mix of both of those. But we don't really run the ball enough to like really, really, really be you know mad about it being one way or the other. I just think you have to look at your personnel. But that's all coaching. And yeah, uh, for sure. how are you going to deploy Gabe Davis? How are you going to deploy Isaiah McKenzie? Because and how are you going to employ James Cook in the screen game? Because yeah. he is 
he's going to give you more than you've had in the running back department um, out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they use that. Yeah. I would say my only real fear is just, and this is no knock. I mean, Josh's first three years had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks and we were winning a lot of close games, but last year, especially, um, I think that's the only way this team doesn't win minimal 11 games is if we drop a couple close ones, because I mean, there were a couple instances, whether it's in Tennessee or whether it's in Jacksonville where we, or the first New England game where we have a chance to win the game at the end of the game and it just doesn't go our way. Or I even think about the Tampa Bay game and it's just like, you know, I, I think that's the only way that. I, I still think we make the playoffs. Um, you know what I mean? Whether we're AFC East champs or not. But that's the only thing that concerns me is that... Who's beating us in our division? Nobody. Well, I mean, we do have the greatest coach of all time within the division. And I will say, I did look. You want to hear some some really bad stats? Um, Always. On ESPN, they rank the Patriots as like the 10th best team in the AFC. Behind the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. So... Um, wow. That's definitely wow. somebody some got slight. paid to do that. Just remember. And the Dolphins are going to be the, the Dolphins are like when the Bills brought in Terrell Owens and thought that the entire franchise would turn around. So I don't have too much credence <laughs> in that. But it's just I, I think the only way that we don't reach our full potential is that there's a couple of close games that don't go our way. And as a fan, I, I you know really love whether it's watching Tyler Croft catch a touchdown in Pittsburgh or at home versus the Rams. There's a lot of great um, come from behind wins and a lot of games, you know, where we're holding teams off. But I just felt like last year, all our wins were so lopsided that I feel like I'm not, and I think this team handles adversity very, very well. I'm not, I'm not trying to stipulate anything like that. I'm just saying that I think that's the only way that, you know, this team doesn't reach its full potential or doesn't up and end up in the Super Bowl as we lose a couple heartbreakers or a heartbreaker in the playoffs. I think that that's more of an indicator that the luck didn't fall their way last year. If you're saying that there's like randomness to football, right? Because not every game comes down to a, like an actual coin flip, which is an actual probable thing like the last one did. But there is a lot of, you know, luck when it comes to the end of football games and how the clock falls, who has the ball last, all that stuff, you know, onside kicks, all, all that stuff. And certainly there's a clutch element to, yeah, I, I I know where you're coming from because the Bills were on the doorstep and didn't get it done. It wasn't like they just got unlucky the entire time, you know. Um, but if you think about the Bills have this floor, right, where they blew 11 teams out of the water last year and won by more than seven. So if that's their floor... And then half of the games that didn't go our way last year fall our way this year. You know, they've almost got a higher ceiling in that sense too. So that's my favorite thing, John. That's what I was going to say too, because when you go six and one in one score games previously, when you're going 13 and three, and then you go 11 and five, but you lose every game you lose, you had the ball with a chance to win down one possession. Like the score was within a possession. You had the ball in every one of those balls, except for the Colts game, except for the Colts game. Yeah. That was a, um yeah but and honestly like i think we can point to that colts game as far as a couple things that could also go wrong this year because i mean if you look at also maybe the jags game but i I just still don't know how that game actually happened like that that wasn't real josh allen metamorphed into other josh allen for a minute right (laughs) it was a uh it's a collision point in in between two parallel universes a lot of that those struggles in those games came down to the bills up front getting pushed yeah, around not stopping the run. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's not even just running, but like their offensive line was terrible in the Colts game and their defensive line got run over 
like crazy in the Colts game. Now, you know, we can sit here. I think their defensive line will be definitely better, right? Because they've it's got... It's all different, though. The whole line it is, is different. Yeah. It is. Except a defensive tackle with Ed Oliver. So, you know... He's the only one that's consistent, yeah, though. And he'll be splitting snaps with, with Jordan Phillips, too. So, it's hard to say who will be... Yeah. I mean, Jordan Phillips is probably the fourth or fifth D-tackle in this rotation, though, right? Because you got Tim Settle in there. Uh, I would got, think Jordan Phillips plays... I mean, as young as Tim Settle is... I I mean I don't really see anyone but at Oliver playing ahead of him really. I mean who would you put a, ahead of Jordan Phillips at, at D tackle? Jordan Phillips is in my mind a rotational piece on this defensive front. You know, I don't think his role is going to be as big as it was last time he was here. I but I think that's great because you know when he was put in a I don't know if he was starting in Arizona, but he was definitely yeah, he in was. the top 2 in his rotation. He struggled. He wasn't totally starter quality and he was, he he was forced to play a lot more snaps than he had in other times when he was in rotational roles. I think when he was with the bills, he was behind Kyle Williams. So he was in that secondary. But then he, I mean, he played, I guess it would be two years after Kyle as well, though. He was behind star. Yeah. Right. But the other thing is this was interesting. Um, This was from, Joe Miller from the overreaction Buffalo sports show on Buffalo rumblings. He did his latest episode on does rotating D lineman work. Um, I think you guys should check that out because it's an interesting concept that we have a very unique situation um, in Buffalo compared to other teams where your best D lineman's playing 55% of the snaps, which uh, is super important. I think when you get to the end of these crazy hard games, but having that, pressure rate that we had keeps everybody fresh having that one or two extra sacks per game with Von Miller and hopefully the, the steps up from Groot Gregory Rousseau. I like that nickname. Um, and Basham and Epinesa just, just a little like, like if you can be 2% better, that's a Super Bowl Basically. I think you don't have to be much better. Yeah. Cause they definitely did have their down games. Um, but yeah, I mean, offensive line as well. Same thing. Like, they did what they needed to do at certain points of the season, but their weaknesses really showed at other points, you know? So if, if they have any consistency um, and, and we'll see what the depth looks like. Cause I mean, going into training camp last year, we didn't know what the starting five was going to be exactly. And I think we do this year, you know, and Deion Dawkins hopefully isn't going to have COVID again this year, because that was a huge reason why we had struggles at left tackle to start the season and everything kind of, uh, hinges on that too. So it's probably going to be Deion Dawkins, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morse, and you got Ryan Bates, presumably, and then you got Spencer Brown. I don't know. It seems like a good offensive line on paper, but again, you know, if anything's going to go majorly wrong next year, I think that subpar offensive line play could put a real dent in the season, you know? Definitely. Yeah, if Josh doesn't have time to throw, if there's no way they can get any sort of running game going, then you're just, you know, it's taking off your fastball. It, it doesn't matter how good your receivers are. You know, if you, if your offensive line is struggling, you can't give Josh time, then I'm not going to be a good situation. So is there, is there anything else we haven't covered? So we've got coaches, we've got offensive line, defensive line. Luck. Luck. Yeah, that too. All right. Well, we got to get a break in here real quick. Um, but when we get back, we've got some Ryan Fitzpatrick trivia for you guys. Uh, to celebrate Fitzy retiring and uh, of course some quotes with Pat so stick around 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. retiring this week do we first off do we hope he retires a bill like signs a one-day contract and that that sort of thing i don't care about that he's he's a bill i think he should wear like all 13 different uniforms stitched together (laughs) (laughs) geographical center of those teams yeah he talks about buffalo more than he talks about anywhere else so yeah he's he's always said that I, i think that's why the fan base embraces him so much too is because of how much he loves buffalo john was he your first bills jersey I think technically, yes. It was a $3 Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey from JCPenney after he retired. After he left. Right. Yes. Yeah. I always so, like that. I like, I like that story. That detail like, matters. Yes. <laughs> you can wear it though now proudly. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You've always exactly. been able to wear it proudly. That's why it's been true. a good pickup. True. That's true. That's true. But anyway, so I was putting together some 13 seconds trivia for you guys related to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then quickly realized that none of these answers are going to come in 13 seconds. So we're going to uh, forego the timer on this one. Maybe maybe I'll put it in post, like a minute or something like that. But it might be hard to get some of these. So Challenge accepted. Uh, we'll see. The first one, I think, is going to be pretty easy. But the second one might uh, might stretch your uh, your draft knowledge. So no peeking. All tabs closed. No cheating allowed. No cheating. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is the only NFL player to throw a touchdown and interception with eight different NFL teams. Can you name all eight of those teams? I think so. Rams, Titans, Bengals, Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Jets, Bucks, Commanders. Yep. There you go. I was going to (laughs) say, boom, had that one in 13 seconds. Okay. This one might take a second. The St. Louis Rams selected Fitzpatrick in the seventh round, 250th overall in the 2005 NFL draft. Fitzpatrick was the last of 14 quarterbacks drafted in 2005. Can you name five of them? Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers. There's two. Um, That's it. That's all I got. Alex Smith. uh, All right. Let's see. There's three more. Hold on. I I got some more. Let's think here for a minute. 2005. So, um, Alex Smith's out of Utah. He's the I just number know that one the consensus. The stat about this is Aaron Rodgers is the only one with more touchdown passes than him. Than Fitzy. 
Um, let's see here. So I'm trying to think. Mark Bulger isn't he? In, nah, he's not. He's not that in the same earlier. Oh uh, God, let's see here. Um, what about Chad? Nah, it's not Chad Pennington either. Um, oh, give me a minute here. We'll think of him. We'll think of him. Oh, I got I got a good hint for you guys. That I like get the uh, the juices churning here. Yes, three of them have taken snaps for the Buffalo Bills and started a game. Matt Castle. Boom. All right. Matt Castle is also a seventh rounder. Tyler Thigpen. Not Tyler Thigpen, no. Thad Lewis. Nope. Nah, Thad's. Brian um, Brom. Nope. Nah, Kevin Cobb. 2011. Nope. Oh, Think more recent. Matt, nah, it's Matt Barkley. Uh, no, no, that's Derek was... Anderson is, is one of them. Yep. Yep, that's one of them. Uh, Derek There's Anderson. one more. David Carr, is he 2004? Nope. Recently? Not too recently. Kyle Orton? Yes, sir. Hey, Kyle. Purdue Boilermakers. All right. Let's All right. Go. So bonus bonus for you guys. There's one more name out of this list that you probably will know, and he is on ESPN now. Dan Orlowski? Yep. Yep. There it is. Nice. Boom. You guys are on Detroit. fire. Detroit. Detroit Rock fire. City. All right. All right. Here's the list of the other guys. Jason Campbell, Charlie Fry. Andrew I should have got Walter, Jason Campbell. I should have David Green. Stefan LaForce. Adrian McPherson. And James Killian. Some famous people. Right. Yeah. Yep, that Jason Campbell know. would have been. Jason Campbell. Yeah. We should have probably. He's right. come up on the show enough that we should have known that. All right. I got one more for you guys. This, this is, I had to put this in because like, I, I got to gauge where you guys are. Like I haven't given you guys a trivia question that you haven't been able to answer yet. <laughs> so maybe I'll get one here. All right. To date. Fitzpatrick has the highest reported Wonderlick test score achieved among NFL quarterbacks. Yes. I actually the, know who number two is, I believe. Is it Aaron Rodgers is number two? I don't know. That's not the question. Okay. okay. <laughs> who is the only player reported to have a perfect score of 50? Not a quarterback. Oh, I don't know this one. Hmm, give me a minute. Not a quarterback. Josh had a 37. I've got a list of hints here because this is tough. Is it All that right. offensive lineman for the Chiefs? The French nope. Canadian? Nope. Who's the doctor? Nope. Offense or defense? Offense. And special teams. Devin Hester. Nope. You, <laughs> Devin Hester's from Florida, dog. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, first hint. This is also a Harvard grad. Drafted in 1975. Oh, my God. No chance that I get this. He played in the NFL for a while. Yes. The lore of the league. Played the lore the of the A's. league, boys. <laughs> um, what, posi- what position? Can you tell us? Played wide receiver and punter. What? Um, hmm. Is he famous? Like, should we know this? Like, I knew the name. I wouldn't have been able to guess this without looking it up. I got one more clue for you. All right. I don't know if it'll help or not. He played his entire career with the Cincinnati Bengals. No way that I will have any clue. Um, Chris Collinsworth. He's also from Florida. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Played his entire career with the Bengals. I don't know. I don't know. Pat McNally. Never, never, never heard of no? him. Never, really? never heard of him. I thought yeah. I knew that name. But anyway. Maybe it's because well, you know Pat Cap. Yeah. That's true. They, yeah. they had a quarterback who was the NFL MVP, and I want to say like 79 or 80 or whatever. I can't even think of his name. But anyway, 
I'm glad I stumped you guys because so if yes. anyone out there listening to the show knew that and you know was was hitting their speaker or or their phone listening to that, then you get you get bonus points. But Mr. McNally. <laughs> All right. It's uh it's time for some quotes with Pat. All right, boys. Um I figured I'd start with a softball here. Nice. We like those. I go to the Super Bowl. I have for the last five or six years with my two oldest boys. But this year, I really wasn't feeling going out to Los Angeles. The Bills had a home playoff game. So it was like, hey, they're at home. Let's make this our trip. We flew up that day, went to the game. And the whole time from the car through the parking lot to the game, my boys were like, we're taking our shirts off, dad. I was like, okay, it's negative three degrees outside. Just relax. It was after the seventh touchdown. It was such an amazing energy and feeling in that stadium. I was like, it's time. And then me and the boys threw our shirts off. Hey, Fitzy. Ryan Fitz. Fitzy. Yeah. Fitzy. Noise, noise. All right. I got one um, here. Let's see. I don't Twitter. I don't my face. I don't yearbook. Another, you know another softball. It's a uh, uh, Belichick, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. The snap What's face. <laughs> snap face. Um, all right. I got two, two more here. Two of the people I don't care about. Fans or media. Okay. Give you a hint. He played with the legendary Lance Briggs. Was a teammate with Devin Hester. Okay. Brandon Marshall. Close. Was a uh, teammate with Brandon Marshall. Rex. Went to okay. New Mexico State. Started Rex at safety Grossman. and then moved to Brian linebacker. Erlacher, yes. Erlacher? Oh, nice. 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 Started yeah. at safety. That- <laughs> Brian Erlacher was a safety. Yeah, in college, he was a safety. That dude was big. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that, that's like a crazy thing I always remember about him. Maybe um, he's, they're playing like a 4-5-2 system yeah. where it's like four linemen, five backers, and two safeties or something. Yeah. Yeah. Know. All right, let's see here. I got a last one. The saddest thing ever is that that policeman looked me in my face and told me, we know you didn't do this, but you're going down for it anyways. Oh, I feel like this is like a famous quote. But the saddest thing ever is that policeman looked me in the face and told me, we know you didn't do this, but you're going down for it anyways. One of the most famous NFL trials to date. It's not OJ Simpson. Not OJ, but close. Similar era. It's like OJ's too easy. Every time this man is brought up as one of the greatest at his position, this part is also brought up. Played with a torn tricep his final year where he won the Super Bowl. Defense? Yes. For Pittsburgh? No. Close, though. That does sound like something like James Ferrier, like Larry Footer. Oh, oh, uh, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, yes. Yeah. Nice. Isn't that messed up, man? They're about to lock poor Ray up for something he didn't even do. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot he played with it. There's a lot of crazy stuff. That was the same time as the Kobe trials. That was the same time as, you know... It's 2000s all like 9-11s right around there. I feel like like 2000 was an absolutely insane year to be alive. (laughs) I mean, we were all alive at that point, but like to like be our age in the year 2000 was probably complete bedlam. (laughs) Yeah, we were were just getting to kindergarten at that point. Not even, right? Ish. Anyways. All right. Well, I think that's all we got time for on this one. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at NutBuffPodcast. Remember to... uh, Feel free to send us some topic ideas. We were thinking about bringing back a uh, reverse draft for Wednesday. So if you do or do not want to see that, then, uh, you know, yeah, let tweet us, us know. or whatever. But maybe we'll, maybe we'll put it up a poll so it's it's not like you just have to, you know, 
enter tweet on your phone that says at not buff podcast please don't do a reverse draft on friday but <laughs> all right well we're gonna get out of here for now but uh go bills go bills, go bills.